0: Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Word Processing. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined for the first time in a a few weeks now with Josiah. Josiah, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Good to be back. It's great to have you back. It's great for me to be back as well. Both of us recently took some holidays Mm -hmm. um, and some time off, and I think that sort of inspired a bit of the topic we're going to talk about today, which is the idea of rest. And I think rest has been brought up by different people in different kind of ages of the church. We think of the topic of maybe Sabbath rest and how God created for six days and then rested on the seventh day, and then forged that into Israel's law as well, and mandating the Sabbath as part of the Ten Commandments. I thought it would be interesting to, to talk about this topic, and maybe some ways that we understand it well, maybe some ways that we misunderstand it or, or idolize rest, perhaps. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the idea of pride and working maybe too hard, if there's such a thing. How do we steward well the bodies God has given us, as well as the roles that God has given us to serve him? Lots of different things we can discuss today on the topic of rest. To start us off, though, I wondered, maybe set kind of the biblical precedent. Where do we look in the Bible to find the importance of rest? If there is such a thing, how do we find rest according to the Bible? What does the Bible say on this topic?
1: Boy, that's a big topic. And uh, (laughs) I think you mentioned a couple of the main places we'd go immediately. Think of God setting up that model for us. In Genesis chapter 2 at the beginning of Genesis chapter 2 where God rested after he saw that all he created was good. He rested. Clearly that's not a declaration of his need or a declaration of his fatigue or anything like that. He rested and we learn later it was to model for us. Uh, we learn in in Exodus and Leviticus how there's rest built into, like you said, into Israel's pattern of life into the law. They had a Sabbath rest. They had a Sabbath year. They had a time when they let the land rest or cease. Really rest, when we're talking about this idea of sabbat, it means to cease, to stop, right? To stop working. And so they had that built into their calendar to remind them of God resting, but also to remind them of their need to rest and rely on him. Immediately, you think of Jesus as well in Matthew chapter 11, where he says, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you Rest, And we think of that in the New Testament. And then I think probably most notably, to me anyway, I think of Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. Hmm. Where in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, there's this rest that is still available because the people of God let it pass by at Kadesh Barnea. There was a rest available to them should they enter into God's rest. And they, they blew it. And so that rest is still available for us. And so it's this future rest we long for and we work for and we look forward to. That's kind of the framework I see as I mentally go through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. God resting, and then you get to Hebrews, and then obviously into the book of Revelation, this idea of there is this future rest that we look forward to. And Christ is that rest. He is our rest, and he is the supplier of that rest, as you said in Matthew chapter 11.
0: So thinking through the idea of stewardship and the various roles and tasks that we have, you know, our jobs, our ministries, the ways we're serving in the church, our families, our families every kind of role we have, stewarding well the opportunities we've been given, how do we sort of figure out where our bandwidth ends, our emotional bandwidth, our physical bandwidth? Is it possible to work too hard for the sake of God's mission? Is it Are there times where we need to just say no and, and maybe step back? How do we discover where that is for us? Or is it different for everyone? Lots of different questions here. But
1: yeah, it's lots of different questions. And I don't know how helpful I'm going to be on this one, because I think I'm still trying to prayerfully discover this as well. Certainly, we have to admit that there are different personalities and different skill sets and different, as you said, bandwidths for different people. I think some people can handle more than other people, and we need to prayerfully know ourselves in community and try to figure out how we can best serve the Lord faithfully without transgressing into what we'll talk about in a bit as this pride. That's what the lack of rest comes down to. That's when it becomes sinful. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that fatigue in and of itself is a sinful thing. I think it's a product of the fall, but I don't think it's necessarily sinful. It's when we're working at the expense of trusting God. That's when it becomes sinful. That's when we need to rest in the Lord, leave the results to him. But labor with diligence, labor with intentionality. Labor in and itself, again, is not sin. There was labor before sin came into the world. They were to till the garden, they were to work. So labor of in and itself is not a bad thing. So acknowledging that there are differences between us, acknowledging that some of us have different capabilities than others, and we do that prayerfully before the Lord in community, Uh, We just want to guard ourselves against that sinfulness of not trusting in him. And then we need to really do some heavy work, I think, in sorting out our priorities, what God is calling us to do. We've talked in the past about calling and how there are some callings we have as Christ followers that are non-negotiable. And if I am pouring energy into something that is taking away from one of those main callings... That would be bad stewardship in my mind. That would be misdirected effort. It's not that that thing that I'm laboring after is necessarily bad, but when it takes away from what I'm really supposed to be doing. If I was, for example, laboring so hard at work here that it was taking me away from discipling my children, that it was taking me away from home, that would be sinful, I think.
0: That's, I guess, a huge question. So how do we navigate what our primary callings are? Like, What does it look like to to find those priorities and to really... Make sure we have it set in line.
1: I mean, scripture is pretty clear on what we're called to do. I don't think there's a whole lot of ambiguity there, to be honest. We are to serve the Lord. We are to, if we have a family, we are to serve our family, raise up our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, to love our spouses, to sacrifice for them, to lift them up toward godliness. We are to serve the local expression of the body of Christ. We are to make disciples of all nations. We are to evangelize the lost. We are to worship God. There are some very clear things that should be priorities for us. Now, again, prayerfully, we need to discern how we are doing that. That's going to look different in each of our lives. How you do that is going to be different from me. And this comes down to a very humble, personal walk with the Lord and a self-examination with the Lord's help, mortifying the sin of pride in our heart. Am I laboring after something to build my own empire, to build my own kingdom? Or am I trusting the Lord and laboring after what he wants me to accomplish?
0: Yeah, and I think you're hitting on something really important here, which is that prayerfulness before the Lord and constantly maybe reevaluating where our heart is at. It sounds like you're talking about a matter of the heart, really. I think so, yeah. Because I think it could be easy then also on the flip side to say use certain aspects of our life or certain callings we've been given as justifications to be lazy or slothful in in other areas as well. I can't, you know, volunteer or serve the local church because of my family and I need to be at home with my family all the time. And obviously being at home with my family is a great thing and that's an important calling as well. But if we're not finding that balance based on the opportunities the Lord has actually given us, perhaps there's room for sin there as well.
1: And where it gets really tricky is that sometimes one of the best things I can do for, I have young children, the best thing I can do for them is to show them someone serving the local body. And so it just gets so messed up. That's why it has to be a personal walk with the Lord in your community of believers that know you prayerfully trying to discern where do I put my efforts. And again, we're talking about rest here today. I think we want to be careful, at least I try to be careful not to confuse rest biblically with downtime. You know, where rest is just this idea of not participating in something. I really feel like rest is a matter of the heart, that you can have someone that is laboring intensely and be fully resting in the Lord. And then you can have someone sitting on their couch who is not resting in the Lord. I think that's the main issue. I don't think it has so much to do with our calendar app and what's all in there, although that can be a bit of a yellow flag that you're not resting in the Lord. But I don't think it necessarily follows that way. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's, I think it's about pride and if we are resting in the Lord for the results that he's going to produce in our labors. I just think the Apostle Paul, when I read the book of Acts and I read his epistles i don't get the impression that this guy spent a lot of time just watching netflix and hanging out like this guy (laughs) was on his grind like he was busy 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 pouring himself out as a drink offering he uses metaphor like running the race and beating the air like these are some significant his body in submission yeah he works super super hard and he's super intense at least he strikes me as super intense could anyone say that well he's not restful he wasn't practicing rest I don't know, I'd be careful to say that. Somehow I think Paul is a model of someone who worked very hard at things he was given to do and yet was resting the Lord for the results.
0: Yeah, I think it Paul gives us this example for sure, and we have no indication to suggest that he wasn't a model of what it means to rest. And so I think that makes things all the more complicated for us when, you know, there is endless things. There is endless opportunities to serve in the church. There's endless We can always be spending more time discipling our kids. We can always be spending more time at the church or with our spouses or out on the street evangelizing or doing all these things. And it seems like it can be really difficult to figure out the balance and know what to say yes and what to say no to. And when do we feel bad about saying no to something or when should we not feel bad about that? And perhaps this is even changing as our life stage changes, you know, as we have more kids or our kids grow up more or different things change in our capacity when work shifts.
1: Yeah, I think from a very simple, worldly definition of the idea of rest, I'll speak personally, I'm not in a stage of life where there's a whole lot of rest. It feels like, yeah, you know, that's just the stage of life we're in. Now, does that necessarily mean that I'm sinfully avoiding the rest I'm invited to? I I don't think so. I hope hope not. not. I hope not at least. I think that we can diligently do the things set before us and still trust in the Lord for the results. You know, I am going to do everything I can to raise my children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I can do everything I can to lift my wife up to godliness. I can do everything I can to to do all the things the Lord has set before me, at the same time asking him to help me by his grace to relinquish the power, relinquish the effects, relinquish the results of all of those efforts into his hands. He's the only one that can do it. That is going to be my Sabbath rest. I'm going to trust in the Lord, trust in the finished work of Christ for my own sanctification. Like That's part of it too. Like, so, certainly there's my family, there's church ministry, but then there's my own sanctification. We have to yeah. work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we're supposed to work hard at killing sin in our lives and all that comes with that. But how do we do that while resting in the finished work of Christ? Hmm. That it is finished. That I am pursuing sanctification. I am pursuing holiness. I am pursuing maturity from a place of justification, not toward justification. That There is a rest that comes with that. And I strive like crazy. I pour myself out. I want to stumble across the finished line of my life whenever that comes. I want to be exhausted at the end of the race, but all the while trusting in the Lord because of the finished work of Christ and because of the rest I know that awaits. I don't think those two things are at odds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. So then how do we understand all this, this spiritual heart posture within what the words you mentioned earlier from Jesus, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will
1: give you rest. Remember, in this part of Matthew, he's ministering strictly to Israel, Mm -hmm. who are steeped in the Mosaic law, and he's surrounded by Pharisees who are demanding allegiance to not only the law, but their traditions surrounding it. And he's on the doorstep of having a confrontation with them about the Sabbath explicitly. And he's basically saying, you've missed the point. Israel, you've missed the point. You're striving after something that cannot give you the rest. I am the rest. I can give you the rest. I am Messiah. I am Christ. I am the deliverer. I am the redeemer. I am all of these things that you're looking for in these actions, in these allegiances to law. He's saying, no, no, no. I am those things. Look to me. I'm here. I'm in your midst. I am the king that will bring about this rest that your ancestors at Kadesh Barnea bypassed. I am here to give it to you. And I think when we look to us, we're not Israel, but we look to us, I think what I was saying before that we have rest in Jesus knowing that we don't have to labor after our salvation. It has right. been accomplished, right? There is a rest that comes with that. There is a peace that comes with that. It does not excuse us from effort. I want to be careful with that, right? I think that we are called to expend ourselves yeah. for his work, for the gospel ministry. He's entrusted us the ministry of reconciliation he talks about in Corinthians, We have to work hard at that. I don't want to come to the end of my life and leave anything on the table. Right. I want to expend everything I have for God's glory, by his power, resting in him as much as he will help me do that. But I want to work hard. And so this is a balance. Clearly, as you hear me talk, I clearly don't figure it out. It's a tough thing to try to understand. But. But it has to come from that understanding. Part of it is what we call soteriological, salvation. And part of it is eschatological, end times, that I have been saved. I am saved, period. And I will be saved. Mm -hmm. And because of the past and future tenses, the present tense is bracketed by these certainties that are filled with rest. And I can now endure in this life working hard, but filled with rest. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I guess as we maybe wrap up today, how does this work out practically? Like, obviously we've said it's 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 individual. It's based on our prayerful consideration before the Lord. It's going to look differently. How, what is the prayer? What is a prayer to figure out if I'm doing this well or if I need to sharpen up a bit? How do I lay this before the Lord and and invite his strength, invite his correction?
1: Well, since it's a matter of the heart, I think we just have to start there. If we want yeah. to be people who are restful in the biblical sense, leaning on the rest that justification has provided for us, joyfully throwing ourselves toward the rest that awaits. If we want to be people defined by that, we need to be people whose hearts are continually and progressively bent toward the Lord. We want to be walking by the Spirit, as he says in Ephesians 5. Paul says in Ephesians 5, filled with the Spirit. And that means input. We need good things going into our heart to combat all the bad voices going in that are telling us not to rest. They're telling us to trust in things that cannot give us the rest. are telling us to pursue things that are not the priorities the Lord has given us then will steal rest from us or all of that kind of stuff. I need to be spending time with the Lord. There's just no substitute for taking his word, being reassured of the promises he's given me, the things he says about me, not what the world is saying about me, what God says about me in his word through his son, by the power of his spirit, who am I? Who am I now? Who uh, will I be in glory? And we need to be combating those external voices with the voice of the Lord and communing with him in prayer, asking him things, throwing ourselves before the throne of grace in Requests. That's what prayer is—asking for things, right? We're asking things of the Lord, saying, "Lord, just built implicit in those requests is, I need you. I'm asking you yeah. things, these things, because I can't because them by I myself. haven't figured it out myself, right? Yeah. And so, just spending time in prayer, saying, "Lord, I need help with this. I need help with that. I need guidance with this. I need discernment here. I need you to deliver me here. I need you to heal me here. All of those are statements of my need and a dependence upon the God who can provide rest through His Son." I think it just has to start there. Any heart issue has to start with continually, by the power of God, conforming our hearts to be more in line with him.
0: And trusting that as we do that, that he will bring about results.
1: He's promised to. So yes, absolutely. It all comes down to what, what has God promised? And is he a good communicator? And does he mean what he promises? And can I take that to the bank? And I just trust him. I rely on him. We walk by faith, not by sight. I trust that it will be so. I'm gonna rest, and I'm gonna rest in the fact that I have been saved, will be saved, and I am being saved. Even though some days it seems uh, like I'm going the opposite way, that can't be the case because He said it's not so. Hmm. Well,
0: listener, I hope this hasn't made things more convoluted. I know this is a it's a tricky topic and one that gets a lot of airtime in in a lot of different ways. But I feel like at least me personally, the ways I've heard about it often talked about are very much from a, you know, a human or worldly understanding of what it means to rest. And that is that idea of downtime and and taking care of our bodies and in that kind of sense. And, you know, it's interesting to think about it in a different way and think about this heart posture and what God actually has promised and, and asked of us, demanded of us as well in the midst of that. Josiah, any kind of closing words before we end?
1: Yeah, I just wonder if sometimes our idolatry of the human body and of comfort Starts showing a little bit. Yeah, we say, "Well, I want, I need to make sure rest is built into my schedule. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's just sloth, camouflaged as or masquerading as good stewardship, quote unquote." You know, I'm not sure. I think we need to again just take ourselves before the Lord and say, "Lord, show me in my heart is there any pride here? Is there any sloth? Is there any laziness? Show me where the sins are, and trust that He will show those things, and be very clear on what we're called to do." And labor hard and labor joyfully after the things he's put before us and trust in the things that he's said because that ultimately will give us rest as we run toward, by his power, that future perfect rest.
0: What a great place to end. Thanks, Josiah. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org
1: to listen to sermons and for more information.